we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us on the program today for this Monday edition of The Core. AFR.net is our website. AFR.net is our website. You can go there and listen live and also catch and listen to past shows there on The Core uh, on AFR.net. If you click on the core show page, we offer the same features on our American Family Radio mobile application that you can download for free. My name is Walker Wildman. I'm the host of the core. Glad to be with you today on the program. Well, uh, moving into um, uh, the program and, and what we're going to cover today, I'll uh, have some special guests on in the second and third segment of the show today. We're going to have on Charlene Carter. She is a former Southwest Airlines flight attendant, and uh, she was fired for an unjust reason, for an unjust cause, and we'll talk to her about that and her lawsuit that she actually won recently. Uh, We'll talk to Charlene in the second segment. And then in the third segment, we're going to have on again Dr. Saeed Hidir. He is um, Dr. Saeed has been treating COVID patients and, uh, and and treating patients who've been injured by the shot. And so we're going to talk to him about uh, steps you can do to uh, set yourself up for success from a health standpoint as it relates to um, COVID and other illnesses as well. So we'll talk to uh, Dr. Hidir in the last segment uh, of the core today. So we'll have uh, uh, the doctor on again. We had him on about a month ago, so we'll have him back. In the last segment, we are in Psalm chapter 31 this week, Psalm chapter 31, and um, for the sake of time, we'll just uh, cover a couple verses here as we typically do. Psalm chapter 31, I'm reading out of the ESV here, David says in uh, verse 16 through 18, listen to this, make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame. For I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. Sheol is the Hebrew word for hell. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. And so that's verse 16 through 18 here in Psalm chapter 31. And what I want to point out this week is that you know, you read that and you go, well, I thought I thought as Christians, I thought as believers in God, which uh, David would classify as, I thought we weren't supposed to wish harm upon others or wish ill upon others. And of course, we're not, but you see what David does here. David himself... David himself is not condemning the wicked. David himself is not being judge 
and jury with his enemies, but instead he places it in the hands of God, which is where it should be. That's where judgment, that's where condemnation, that's where righteousness uh, prevails, and that is in the hands of God. God is the ultimate and the final judge. And so David here says, speaking to the Lord in verse 17, he says, O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. He goes on to say in verse 17, let, speaking to the Lord here, let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. And so David here, you know, you read it and you go, wow, David sure is coming down hard on his enemies. Well, he is. (laughs) But also another angle to this is that if you read the text very carefully, which we should, it's God's word. David is placing the responsibility of judgment in the hands of God. He is, he is requesting, he's petitioning God to bring judgment upon the wicked, to bring judgment upon his enemies. He's not trying to do it himself. He's not flying solo. He is relying on God to carry out righteous judgment. And so that's a lesson uh, from Psalm chapter 31. We don't need to try to be judge and jury. Um we need to place that into the hands of God. We need to allow God uh, to be the judge of the wicked. And he will. He will be the judge, and he is the judge of the wicked and of all uh, all humans. We're all going to face judgment at some point, and that needs to be uh, re, re, uh, regurgitated um, in our minds and our hearts over and over again. And uh, fear is a good thing, folks. Fear, there, there's a uh, fear of the Lord is a very, very good thing. Scripture speaks of fear of the Lord in a very positive light. All right, so fear is healthy. Fear can be good. It's all about who or what we fear, and we need to fear the Lord. That is a good, good thing. Well, moving into some of our stories today, the um. Congress rammed through, the House of Representatives rammed through this uh, this bill called Respect for Marriage Act. They come up with the most deceiving terms for these uh, pieces of legislation. And this uh, so-called Respect for Marriage Act is really aimed at forcing other states, forcing states to recognize civil or 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 uh marriages that are recognized by other states all right so this is causing for example should this bill be passed through the senate signed by the president which is to be determined um it would force states like texas or florida or mississippi to recognize the legal marriage status from other states such as california new york illinois etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, so it's a very, very large infringement on the Tenth Amendment as far as allowing states to to legislate, to manage that which is not specifically outlined in the Constitution. Uh, but furthermore, it, uh, it will also force states to recognize unconstitutional and unbiblical uh, relationships or marriages, which it is true that that's already taking place to a certain extent as a result of the Supreme Court 
uh, ruling on Obergefell, but this would codify, this would further codify what the Supreme Court has already said. Now, it's a little more complicated, a little more nuanced. It's not exactly um, apples to apples as it, as it relates to the Obergefell 2015 decision by the Supreme Court and what Congress is trying to do now. But nonetheless, it's, it's an infringement, a further infringement on the right of states to regulate uh, what is marriage. And so we, we need this to fail in the, in the Senate. We don't need the president to sign it. And here's why. We're only one Supreme Court ruling away from completely overturning the so-called same-sex marriage opinion that was released in 2015 by the Supreme Court. And, and, and it can happen. We saw what happened with, with uh, Roe v. Wade. Now it took 45 to 50 years, but it can happen. So uh, the goal is to overturn uh, Obergefell and allow states to properly define marriage and uphold God's design for human sexuality and marriage and family. Uh, but we don't need another law in the way of states doing that. And that's what this would be is another, another hurdle for uh, those of us who understand the Constitution, who uphold God's design for marriage. This would be another hurdle to have to jump in order to restore biblical marriage in, in the U.S., well, uh, moving on to a few other stories I want to get to. Um, Senator uh, Maisie Hirono, she was talking about uh, our founding fathers, and this is quite unbelievable, but this shows you what, what the secularists, what the humanists, what the Democrats believe about our founding fathers. She's talking about our founding fathers, and she says, you know what? Who the heck, she says, would know what our founding fathers meant? Clip three, let's listen. Originalism, they, uh, the justices who take that approach go all the way back to our founding fathers and pretend that they know what our founding fathers meant when they drafted the Constitution. I use the word pretend because who the heck would, should, would, would know what our founding fathers meant? Um, is there any reference to AR-15 rifles? In our Constitution, no. <laughs> Who would know what our founding fathers meant? This is not a radio talk show host. This is not a, a kindergarten teacher. This is not a college student. This is a United States senator saying, Who would know... Raise your hand if you know what the Founding Fathers meant when they wrote the Constitution. We don't know what they meant. Oh, really? Even though your party tries to use parts of the Constitution out of context to justify your actions? Who knows what the Founding Fathers meant? Well, let me just let the world know that if, if none of us know what the Founding Fathers meant when they wrote the Constitution, then what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Because after all, we don't really know. They're not here to defend their writings, so maybe we should just start over. Start over fresh. Well, that sounds crazy, but that's what these folks want to do. Start over from scratch. We'll write a new Constitution, and it will be full of equality and justice for all, even though they're party is all about the opposite. And so Senator Hirono says the quiet part out loud, who knows what our founding fathers meant 
And so if we don't know what they meant, then we really can't follow anything they wrote. So we should just ditch the whole Constitution. Well, you know, how often do you read someone's writings? And, and when we're talking founding fathers here, we're talking about extensive writings. And if you don't believe me, talk to David Barton, talk to Stephen McDowell and other historians. There are extensive writings about the way the founding fathers viewed the world. The worldview of the founding fathers is not a secret. It's not guesswork. We don't have to go to the slot machine to try to figure out what our founding fathers intended for our country. Read their writings. First off, read the documents that govern this land, but then read the Declaration of Independence and read the Federalist Papers and read the plethora of other documents, and you can come up with a very good picture of what our founding fathers intended for our land. And if you say, well, AR-15s, which they act like AR-15s are the only semi-automatic rifles that exist. Um, if you say, well, AR-15s aren't in the Constitution, well, neither is FM radio. <laughs> neither is, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of other avenues that the Constitution still protects. And so here we are with an entire party you know, we've got the Republicans over here, and the problem with the Republicans is half of them don't even believe in what their party platform says. And so they just got a little R by their name, but if you talk to them privately, and some of them will say this publicly, they really don't believe what the Republican Party platform says. I mean, come on now. It's 2022. We got to be progressive. So that's the Republican Party, and there's some good folks over there. But you go over to the Democrat side, and they're totally, let me be PG here, they're totally out there in left field. They don't believe anything our founding fathers wrote. Our founding fathers, as a matter of fact, are a bunch of buffoons. They didn't know what they were doing when they founded this country. And so we're the new folks on the block. We know exactly what we're doing. We've got this all figured out. And so let's throw the Constitution in the trash. After all, we don't know what they meant. And let's start over with a Constitution written by Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi. That sounds like a great idea for this nation. That's the view of the Democrat Party. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Senator Josh Hawley questioned UC Berkeley law professor Kiara Bridges as to why she described women as people with the capacity for pregnancy. Senator Hawley replied, So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a what? Professor Bridges then stated that Senator Hawley's line of questioning was transphobic and open trans people to violence. A constitutional law professor stated in a congressional hearing that men can get pregnant. What's worse, numerous Goebbels Inc. outfits said the professor owned Senator Hawley. Reprobate minds deny reality and replace it with fiction. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Does your girl love tutorial videos from making desserts to trying new hairstyles the DIY craze empowers girls? Often the video author will give a quick hot take, also known as a pro tip, to make the process easier or the end product better. But how did the author learn those things? Pro tips come from seasoned people who learn by first getting it wrong. This is a beautiful wisdom building process within the journey of girlhood. So how do we support and encourage girls in the failure? Psalm 119.71 encourages our girls that failures point us back to God's design. This means failure is part of the process of success. Remind and encourage your girl to bounce back after failure toward the next step of success. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here. Write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us on the program. Well, um, the World Health Organization just this past weekend, they declared a um, monkeypox emergency. Just another emergency. It seems as though every time we turn the corner, there's another emergency. It's as if the world is ending. And of course, we know it's not. At least not right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the the many people in our society really just run off of this emergency, emergency, emergency. And I really believe it's unhealthy because we're constantly looking over our shoulder going, there's another emergency. And, of course, in reality, there's, there's not a lot of emergencies going on. But if you frame things right, then you can convince everyone that there's an emergency and it's an emergency it's all about the narrative it's all about how you build it up and i saw a uh kind of separate topic but along the same lines i saw a uh, weather map that was being displayed on a on a on a news report on a local news station over in europe and uh and the same thing happens here in the u.s but it was it was the temperatures for the uk for, you know, whatever day of the week it was. And you got the reporter, you know, in front of the green screen and you got the map of the of the uh of the regions and you got the different temperatures for the different uh cities or areas or you know, provinces or districts. And um 
back in the 90s, you know, they just did a green kind of satellite image map. You know, you can see the big city, uh, the big uh, urban populations. You can see all the farmland. And then you got the temperatures kind of laid over, and you can see kind of what the weather is for the day. Well, then they did a they did a fast forward to 2022, and the whole map's red. The same temperatures, you know, as back in the 90s. <laughs> but the whole map's red. It's a bright red. It's like an emergency flashing map. Um, but the temperatures are the same as the 90s. And so everybody gets worked up, and they watch the morning news, and it's going to be hot, and the map's red. It's a It's a... Summer heat warning, you know, you can't go outside. And so people get, get all worked up and they take unnecessary measures. And, of course, the same thing happens uh, here in the U.S. And I see these, and some of this stuff is legit, so I'm not completely undermining all, you know, warnings or emergencies. But it's like every time I look at my phone, I'm getting a heat warning. Heat warning. It's like going to be 95 degrees. Heat warning. Heat warning. And then it's like 110, and it's like heat warning, heat warning. And I'm like, what's the threshold here? Like, if, if it's over 80, it's a heat warning? I mean, come on. It's not like we haven't had hot days in the past. Um, you can look throughout, you know, the weather data for the last several decades and uh, see that we've had hot summers before, folks. <laughs> we've had hot summers before, and the world hasn't ended. We've all survived. It's been all right. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take precautions, uh, but not everything is an emergency, and I think you can get my point there. Well, uh, the World Health Organization, uh, they think, it is an emergency. What am I talking about? I'm talking about monkeypox, you know, monkeypox. It's the the biggest and the baddest and the latest virus that's spreading, monkeypox. Um, this is a report out of Breitbart News. The uh, World Health Organization chief, Ted Ross is his last name, he, um, <clears throat> he declared the monkeypox outbreak, a uh, emergency, a global health emergency. And um, the, the, the irony here, or the problem amongst many, is that it's really not an emergency, all right? It's really not an emergency, and I'll tell you why. Uh, let me get, pull these uh, statistics up. You know, numbers are important even though the other side often doesn't rely on numbers or facts, because after all, we don't know what the founding fathers meant when they wrote the Constitution. Uh, sorry, we'll stay on track. So here's a, here's a report from the New England Journal of Medicine. This is a study that collected data from April to June, so a very recent study. And they found 528 infections across the globe. From April, May, and June, from about a three- to four-month period, there were 528 infections in, in around the globe, a globe full of billions of people. These uh, diagnoses were done at 43 different sites in 16 countries. Now, listen to this. Once again, this is a report out of the New England Journal of Medicine. Overall, 98% of the persons with infection were gay or bisexual men. 75% were Caucasian or white, and 41% had human immunodeficiency virus infection, so they had a pre-existing condition. The median age was 38 years. Transmission was supposed to have occurred through sexual activity. 
in 95% of the individuals with an infection. So this is a very narrow group of people, people who are, are, who are participating in, submitting themselves to, to very deviant behavior, very sexually deviant behavior, very unhealthy behavior, and of course, unbiblical behavior. 13% or 70, the number is 70, it equates about to about 13% of these 528 infections. Of the 528 infections, 70 of them, or 13%, were hospitalized. And to conclude, there were no deaths. Out of all of these cases, there were zero deaths associated with monkeypox. So that's the facts, all right? It's not an emergency by any measure, uh, but the World Health Organization thinks so. And, well, that's really not accurate to say because the World Health Organization actually has a 15-member expert panel that reviews anything that possibly could be, maybe, an emergency. And so these are the experts, right? These are the people we're supposed to trust. After all, the left loves relying on the experts. They know everything, <laughs> so we're told. Well, the 15-member panel voted 9-6 to six that this wasn't an emergency. So the 15-member panel of experts that we're supposed to rely on, they said this is not an emergency. This is nowhere near a global health emergency. Well, the uh, WHO boss, Tedros, who's, by the way, very deep in the pockets of China, he, um, he came out and basically said, you know what? I appreciate the experts and their panel and their opinion, but they don't really know what they're doing. They don't really know what they're talking about. And I'm going to override the panel and I'm going to say that there is a monkeypox global health emergency. What does this do? How is this relevant to the U.S.? Well, it sets the stage for who other than Joe Biden, who's also very deep into the pockets of the Chinese Communist Party, for Joe Biden to declare a domestic U.S. health emergency. After all, there's always another emergency, isn't there? And so this sets Biden up very well from a public perception, from a narrative standpoint, to say, well, the World Health Organization, which we're a member of and we shouldn't be, they said it's an emergency, or their leader did. And so I'm going to say it's an emergency too, and the CDC and others can take all these emergency measures. And who needs the Constitution? Because after all, we don't know what our founding fathers meant when they wrote it. And so here we are, WHO says it's an emergency, even though I just read the facts, I just read the numbers. And if you think monkeypox is an emergency, then everything's an emergency. 528 infections, zero deaths, zero deaths across the entire globe um, here, um, according to the New England Journal of Medicine. But the, the hypocrisy is, is, is in our face. It's astounding. And the reason I say that is because uh, the president came down with COVID, I don't know, about a week or so ago. And as he returned from Saudi Arabia with no oil, by the way, he was supposed to go there and pick us up some oil, came back with none. Uh, he came back with COVID, though. 
and they did all the contact tracing, you know, where they like, have you been around this person? And then they tell them to quarantine and all the nonsense. We know how it goes. We went through it for two years after all. Well, uh, one, one individual that was a close contact, according to CDC standards, which we all know also can't be trusted because they have uh, blown their credibility on so many occasions. But nonetheless, uh, the close contact, one of them, well, two of them, was the president's wife, Jill Biden. That's no surprise. Um, and then she was out getting ice cream in Delaware a couple of days later. No joke. Very serious. There's video of it. Um, another close contact was the vice president, Kamala Harris. She's out doing speaking engagements like days after. So what is this? What is this? Is this a show? Well, let's listen to the White House. This is the White House press secretary and the White House physician. When they are questioned by a reporter, hey, what about the vice president? Isn't she a close contact, but yet she's out hugging people at speaking engagement cl engagements? Clip five. Let's listen. The other question I have for you, Dr. Shah, uh, Vice President Harris is a close contact of the president's, and the CDC guidance says that if you're a close contact, you want to wear a well-fitting mask when you're around other people. She just spoke at a conference in D.C., and she hugged someone without a mask on. She was also maskless for most of that conversation. Would you have recommended that she keep her mask on, given that that is the CDC guidance? You know, I, I think I, I, I'm not sure what the, I have not been tracking the vice president's activities. I, I, so I don't have anything specific to say about uh, what she did. My understanding is that the vice president is following CDC guidelines on uh, close contact. She's also uh, recently been infected. So within the 90 days. Uh, of, of a previous infection, but I don't know if you have anything else to yeah, offer on, yeah, on the vice president. I guess she isn't following the CDC guidance, though, right? If she is hugging someone without a mask on. Yeah, I think the CDC guidance is clear, but I, you know, the problem is me commenting on what the vice president did when I wasn't actually I haven't seen it or I don't actually know what happened is very, very difficult. So and, I'm going to. And she embraced someone. You don't have to see it. I mean, that's that's what happened. Yeah. So usually when we think about people ha having contact is for an extended period of time. I don't know. I, I didn't see the hug. I don't know how long the hug lasted. Oh, my gosh. Um, but it's wow. very hard for me to comment on something I really didn't see. So That's painful, folks. Painful. But we had to ride through it. We had to get through the storm. That was a painful clip to listen to. But we had to get through it. We had to hear it all. Too bad we didn't have the same standard when we made our little children quarantine for 21 days i'm sorry 15 well no it's 10 or 7 it depends on what day of the week it is too bad we didn't have that standard with our millions of school children who we made quarantine healthy school children that we made quarantine because somebody in their family extended family neighborhood city had covid I mean, the, the hypocrisy is astounding. And how can we have any respect for these people? How can we? We were making healthy young children, healthy young people, go sit at the house for weeks. Not because they had an illness, but because they might have been around someone who might have had COVID. And the White House, the vice president, falls within the category of a close contact. And look, I know all of the COVID measures, it's kind of insane. 
It's old. We're tired of it. It doesn't make any sense. If you're sick, then get better. All right. But if you're healthy, then go on about your life. That is the COVID policy that I subscribe to. Just as if you have the flu. Get better. Stay home. Get hydrated. Take your vitamins. And I hope to see you in a little while. But if you're healthy, then go about your life. That is the common sense approach. And the vice president agrees. She agrees. Kamala Harris agrees. That's the common sense approach. I mean, who needs to quarantine after all? I can go to speaking engagements. I can shake people's hands. I don't need to wear a mask. I can hug people. It really doesn't matter. And then furthermore, the White House physician, I mean, these folks are on a roll today. Furthermore, the White House physician dares to bring up natural immunity. Remember when you and I tried to bring up natural immunity, I don't know, two years ago? And we were shouted down as buffoons. You don't know what you're talking about. We've still got to study natural immunity as if natural immunity hasn't been around since the dawn of creation. But after all, we don't know. We haven't done clinical trials on natural immunity as it relates to COVID-19. So you just can't talk about natural immunity. Otherwise, Facebook will flag your post as misinformation. And we also can't take hydroxychloroquine, right? Because that's not FDA approved, even though we use non-FDA approved medications that are not approved for specific treatments. We use them for other treatments all the time. It's off-label. Maybe it's not intended for this purpose, but you use it for it because it works. And uh, the White House physician brings up natural immunity. Well, she's had an infection within the last 90 days. Oh, really? So there is natural immunity. Okay, great. Breaking news. There is natural immunity, according to the White House physician. Absolutely astonishing. So you and I, we were test subjects. We were lab rats. Let's just see how these folks handle stupid. And there, thankfully, were a lot of people who were speaking common sense into the lives of everyone around the era of uh, of COVID-19. So I'm thankful for those people. And uh, we just have to continue speaking common sense and truth into the lives of everyone. And uh, we got to move on from the panic. We got to move on from the non-emergency. And we've got to live our lives. And we've also got to end these shop mandates. AFA at the core will be back in a few minutes. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. 
AFA Action. Announcing AFA.net slash connect. One news now. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at afa.net slash connect. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where is the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible, and we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit, and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. 8 Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have helped 7,000 families rebuild their homes for free after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. Our rapid response ministry is busier than ever. With 40 deployments over the last four years, we've been able to minister to so many when it mattered most. It's completely free to serve with us. We provide your food and lodging when you volunteer. There's countless opportunities for any skill set and any skill level. We spend multiple weeks with those that have lost so much by cutting trees, tarping roofs, mucking out houses, and so much more. Consider joining us on our next outreach. You will never be the same. For more information about 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you on the program today. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, we do have a special guest with us, with us who's been on the core uh, before. I want to introduce uh, Dr. Seed Hedir. He's been on with us before. Um, uh, Dr. Hedir, welcome to AFA at the core. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, for those who weren't on with us, you had up uh, mygotodoc.com, which is a, a telemedicine-type uh, setup, uh, but you also do several other things, and you have an extensive uh, medical background. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, before the when the pandemic hit, I was working in hospitals. I've been working as a hospital doctor for about 10 years. I'm an internal medicine-trained hospital physician. Um, and and actually, the hospitals, most of them kind of shut down. I mean, I, I couldn't find any work. And so I, I went online and started helping people with off-label prescribing. Um, so right from the start, I could tell that, you know, this, uh, you know, overwhelming surge of cases was um, fantasy, right? It, it didn't actually happen. I was actually all set up to go to New York and help out in the front line. And they canceled that contract. 
because there was just no patients in the hospital. It was like a, a dead zone. There, there was just nothing to do. Um, and so, so I started working online. I, I've treated, you know, tens of thousands of patients with uh, off-label protocols like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and others. Um, over 5,000 acute patients of COVID with no deaths. You know, we only had four or five hospitalizations. You would have expected with like the standard, you know, CDC approach of go home and do nothing for four, maybe 400 people to be hospitalized out of 5,000, and we had just four. Um, so yeah. 100 times better. And, and no deaths. We should have seen four or five deaths out of 5,000 people. And actually, it should have been far worse because all my patients were primarily above the age of 55. So the, all our patients skewed quite old compared to the, you know, the general population. Um, so I, I've had, you know, more, almost two years now of experience with, you know, basically the dysfunctional, you know, healthcare system of America today. And, you know, the, the response was so terrible, right? So we know that the, the things that improve your immunity the most are things like strong family ties and like social connection. That's one of, that's like near the top of the list, actually. Um, it's so powerful that it lowers your risk of even heart disease which also depends on a strong immune system to, to prevent heart disease. So, um, so that's important. That was, you know, destroyed during the lockdowns and social distancing. You know, sunlight is very powerful, not just for vitamin D, but just for general immunity. T-cell immunity is strengthened by sun exposure. And, and again, people were kept inside, you know, told not to go out and everything. Um, so, so, and, and then losing weight. So, you know, we just weren't talking about such simple interventions that on a society-wide level, could have just, I mean, made this a, a big nothing, right? I mean, the, the COVID pandemic was really not, you know, the virus itself really wasn't that dangerous. If you had yeah. good vitamin D levels, you know, you got some sun, you had, you know, you know some healthy family ties and social connections, um, you would have been fine, you know? And if you were a bit overweight, I would say lose some weight, you know, that would have helped as well. But, you know, just, just one of those interventions would have been enough to, um, you know, make it basically nothing to even write home about to anyone. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, looking back on it, taking, a, you know, seeing what has happened in the last couple of years, you know, the people who were saying this is nothing more than a flu were proven right. Okay, I mean, mm, yes. really, that's basically what it was. If anything, you know, maybe there's a little bit more of this kind of what we call long COVID, you know, the same thing actually does happen with the flu, but it's a, maybe a little bit worse with COVID. And then beyond that, you know, beyond the lockdowns and everything, the vaccines are these shots, these clot shots. Um, took it up a notch, right? I mean, they themselves were harming people, and, and now they're making people more prone to get sick. So so the biggest thing you can do to protect yourself is not to get injected. If you've got one already, don't get another one. Um, get the vitamins on hand, you know, get some sun every day, have good family ties, and, and have some of the vitamins and, you know, prescription supplements and drugs, you know, on hand in case you get sick, and, and it should be no big deal. Doctor, let, let me ask you, I do want to get your, your take on this <laughs> Global health emergency that the, the Tedros declared unilaterally without the uh, panel, by the way, the 15-member panel. But but before we jump to that, one last question, um, and this is the elephant in the room. There are probably listeners um, that maybe they got the first round of shots or shot, and uh, they kind of said, well, you know, I don't know about another round or a booster upon boosters. Is there anything that people can do that can... Uh, reverse or maybe fend off any type of complications or um, any any complications from the shots. Anything they can do now? 
Yes. Yeah, so, so you can tr- you can detoxify from the spike protein. One, you know, autophagy or like the body's normal process of taking out the trash is what helps you get rid of the spike protein that was shot into you. Um, so, there's a couple of approaches here. One is if you have symptoms and assume that you still have the spike protein in your body um, and it's causing inflammation, and you need to get rid of it. So, there's vitamins and supplements you can take. Um, you can get free information on this at my go-to doc. You can get the, some some great supplements at my go-to stack.com. But there's a free book. You know, you can register for free, get information for free. So there's supplements. There's also prescription approaches. And then there is some testing that sometimes helps people who may not even know that they have symptoms. Like they may not have symptoms. They not be, may not be experiencing symptoms after a shot, but their body is still inflamed and it does have the spike protein still hanging out in their bodies. So you can actually do a test through InceldX. Um, it's an unaffiliated, I'm not affiliated with them, but uh, they're the only company in the world that does this. They they do a test where they can see if the spike protein is still in your body. And there's another test that can show the inflammation kicked up by the spike protein. So it's kind of like people who have undiagnosed high blood pressure or high blood sugar or you know some kind of um, undiagnosed inflammation or something. If you have it long enough, it can turn into a disease, right? Um, so I'm worried about people who've gotten the shot. Maybe, you know, also there's some percentage of them that have uh, decreased immunity. They have lower immunoglobulins. They have lower CD4 and CD8 T cells, something that we've only ever seen with HIV AIDS patients. But we're seeing it in a subset of um, kind of these long hauler post-vaccine patients. Um, So if you've gotten the shot, you you have to be a bit concerned about your immune system long term because of this, you know, entity called vaccine-acquired immunodeficiency. It may not affect everyone who got the shot, but... You know, there are some people. And then the other thing you have to be concerned about is the possibility of antibody-dependent enhancement, which is what a lot of people have been warning about since the very beginning, since the shots were even, you know, planned in the planning stages. Because this has always happened with coronavirus, you know, quote-unquote vaccines, is that after the third or fourth or fifth exposure to the, you know, the wild virus, sometimes there's a, a worsening of the disease and death. Um, so people who've been injected, I would be very careful, have, have the medications on hand. I mean, that's really the group that I'm now very concerned about. We're seeing evidence in England and in Canada that the injected patients are the ones who are now dying at much higher rates. They're getting it at higher rates and also dying. So again, it's treatable. It's treatable if you treat early, right? There's some really simple things you can do. Just even rinsing out your mouth and nose with hydrogen peroxide, a diluted 1% hydrogen peroxide. You can buy 3% at the grocery store, mix it with two parts water, one part hydrogen peroxide. You've got a 1% dilution, you know, every three to four hours, you know, at the very first sign of any symptoms, like you have a tickle in your throat, that just by itself could probably wipe it out, okay? So not even ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, you don't even have to do that. This is available to everyone. Just you have to learn how to do it and get the thing. Make sure you have it in your medicine cabinet. Let me ask you. Uh, well, I have your website, and I'm going to put that on my podcast page so folks can get to mygotodoc.com. I'm going to put that on our on our podcast page. But what was the other uh, uh, entity or site that you mentioned where you can look for after effects of the vaccine? Yeah, yeah. So the, this is, the other site is my go to stack s t a c um, or s t a c k stack. My go-to stack, that's a vitamin and supplement website. So I've, I've put together these supplements that um, help people prevent COVID and treat long COVID. Um, and, and actually, now that you mentioned it, you know, since we're, you know, we're, you were talking about Tedros and the WHO and this new, um, I would say, maybe scamdemic, you know, money pox, you might yeah. want to call it. Yes. Um, you know, it seems to be the same exact setup as COVID, right? It's, a, it's something that has a lower death rate than the flu, actually, right? When I just checked, I mean, five out of 
16,000 people, you know, current cases of monkeypox in the in the world, five people have died out of 16,000. That's actually much lower, maybe like one third the death rate of the flu. Okay, mm. so it's not a dangerous entity, right? Unless you're maybe in an African village and you have no access to even basic healthcare services. Um, so and you, certainly and, and in those, Africa, those are maybe, those are people who probably already have other health issues because of lack of access yes. of healthcare. Absolutely. So, you know, monkeypox has supposedly had up to a 30% death rate in Africa. Who knows, right? I mean, maybe it was a different variant. The var- the current variant is seen, there's some suggestion that it's been genetically engineered because the, the number of mutations that it's experienced since the last known variant are far too many to have occurred in nature. So that's a bit concerning. Um, you know, it, it's concerning how quickly it's spreading. You know, it just feels kind of like the, the same thing with COVID all over again, which was really a fear pandemic. Right. Yeah. The pandemic was fear, which is the, the last thing that I failed to mention is a state of fear is extremely negative for immu- your immunity. Right. So the people who were have been unworried about this since the very beginning have done the best. You know, I, I know a lot of people <laughs> who are like, this is this is total BS. I'm not going to even think about it. I'm not even going to do anything. Right. Yeah. I'm not even going to take a vitamin. Um, and, and they got through it fine. They didn't even get sick. Right. Yeah. So you hear a lot of those. And, and, the, and the people who were scared out of their minds. They, they're the ones whose immune systems are shot, okay, because fear itself, you know, like, you know, Kennedy said, you know, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. That That is kind of the situation here with these, you know, fake pandemics. They're, they're fear, you know, vehicles yeah. for spreading fear in a population and grabbing control. You know, government control is being taken away from us, you know, so our freedoms are being removed from us. Um, again, you know, it, maybe it's a bioweapon. Maybe some people will end up with some kind of, like, serious disease. Again, just boost your immunity. Don't be worried. You know, take some supplements, get some sun, have some good relationships. Um, for the remaining people who just want to do something, we are actually working on a monkeypox supplement called Seracenia purpurea, which is an ancient Indian remedy. It was used in the late 1800s by Indians to treat smallpox. And it's actually, it was actually tested in 2012 by William Arndt at the Arizona State University. And he saw that it, in the test tube, it worked as well as Sidofavir, which is the IV drug that the U.S. government stockpiles for smallpox outbreaks. Um, it's only available IV. Um, so, so there is an herbal remedy even for smallpox, right? It works just as well against monkeypox, hmm. um, at least in the test tube and, you know, at least according to our American Indian friends, you know, in the 1800s. Um, so, so that should be launched in the next uh, week or two at my go-to stack. But again, the main message is just don't worry about this, right? Like right now it's in gay men, basically. I mean, maybe yes. it's going to spread to other people if possible, um, it, it, it basically spreads with contact, you know, the person basically essentially has to have the disease, um, to spread it. Right. You, I mean, if you see somebody in the stores, obviously you're not going to go around them. So, um, right now, the reason it's spreading like wildfire is because, you know, the, the gay men who are having, you know, we're sodomizing other gay men are, um, unaware that yeah. there's a, you know, there might be monkeypox stores in the rectum, right? So, so you don't see it. Um, but it can spread beyond the rectum. It can spread to the rest of the body. And um, in that case, obviously, it's going to be difficult to transmit because no one's going to want to be around you, right? Yeah. So um, I don't think it's going to turn into, you know, it, if it turns into something big, it's going to be like a case-demic, right? Like, you know, where we have these PCR cases testing positive. <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, we're testing and, you know, people 40 who don't cycle have, counts. Yeah, we're testing people who don't have symptoms yeah. and the test kits are inaccurate, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think we're going to see that. We're going to see this case-demic explode in the next few months because we're going to roll out massive PCR testing. Hmm. 
Wow, that that test the whole testing thing. President Trump was onto something when he he got it. Remember, he got hammered for saying, "Look, we need to ease off this te- all this mass testing." Everybody, mm-hmm. um, he was actually onto something. Yeah, there. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, he was right about so many things, right? I mean, people gave him you know threw shade on everything he said, and um, you know, just because he you know said take hydroxychloroquine, suddenly it's like the demon drug that everyone <laughs> has to be opposed to. I mean, literally everything. I mean, even even the you know if he said something about like light therapy and something about like uh, chlorine and stuff, like he was onto something with everything that he said. Right? Yes. I mean, like it was all real, you know, backed by science. And you know, I mean, you can look it up. Um, you know, there actually is light therapy being tested against COVID. You know, you, you put it into people's uh, lungs. Um, and even chlorine can be used, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's just the mainstream media. You know, yeah. it's just a pack of liars. Yeah, and they they rely the the and the Democrat Party and others rely on fear and intimidation uh, to really really disable people uh, to the, so that they can do whatever they want to do. Hey, Doctor Doctor Asid, thank you so much for coming on the show, and we'll have you on again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. There you have it. That's uh, Dr. Seed Hadir, um, longtime uh, physician in multiple states at multiple hospital systems. And his website is um, mygotodoc.doc, mygotodoc.com. From there, you can read his bio, get his information, get his background, and find uh, links to his other sites. I'm going to post a link to all of this information on my podcast page at AFR.net. If you go to AFR.net website, you'll see the core. You'll, you'll click on the podca- podcast tab. Uh, you'll you'll see AFA at the core show. And when you click on today's episode, you can find the links uh, there to my guest, uh, all the stories that we've talked about, any important information for you to get. Once again, that's AFR.net. Click on the core under the podcast section and go to today's episode and you'll be able to get that information. Thank you so much for joining us today on AFA at the core on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to the core podcast, wherever, whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, subscribe to the core, listen to the show at your convenience. AFA at the core. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.